Welcome to the Listener Don't Podcast, a podcast featuring raw, uncut, and unfiltered conversations between two midlife girlfriends sharing their life experiences. Listener don't. Either way, we'll be fine. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. How about you? Oh, pretty nail color. Thank you. What's your week been like? Oh, you know, my week was... I feel like coming off of my family vacation mm-hmm. on Monday, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I kind of feel like doing absolutely nothing so that I can relax and just, you know, decompress from that. Mm-hmm. But that feeling carried on into the entire week. Like I was not at all motivated for anything last week. I didn't want to really like get out of bed. I didn't want to do fucking anything last week. Mm-hmm. So that's been my week. I made myself do things, but not much. Yeah. 25%, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It. Thank you. It was a 25% <laughs> week. Yeah. <Yes. laughs> I get it. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, fuck. Mm. So mm. I'm working on being better this week. Mm. What's better mean? <laughs> um, Better than 25%. Um, Set myself up. I did not set myself up for last week. I just... Yeah, I didn't get groceries until late on Monday. And what I did get was very minimal. So I didn't like plan for any sort of food. So I ate out and ate like shit for the entire week, which Mm -hmm. made me feel horrible. Mm -hmm. And plan to like actively do things for like my coaching business each day Mm -hmm. rather than just like leaving it up to God to tell me what to do (laughs) and then not listen to that. (laughs) That's the part. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the not listening part. Yep. yep. Exactly. <laughs> so I think it's uh overall, it's let's let's plan for the week versus yeah. just letting it kind of happen, happen. and unfold. Yeah. yeah. I can relate to that. The last few weeks have just sort of passed by and I've been dragged by them, mm. maybe mm. is really what it feels like, rather than sort of even in step with the week. Yeah, definitely not. I'm definitely not been in step with the week. <laughs> I liked I liked what you said about being dragged by the week. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. Oh, I can relate to that. Man, it's exhausting. <laughs> uh-huh. It's exhausting. Then taking advantage of the little time um that you have when you're not being dragged to not drag yourself as well. Like cuz for uh-huh. me dragging myself looks a lot like the idea of uh, giving myself permission to not have any goal in particular other than you know breast if that's sure. even a goal because I will then drag myself into what are behaviors that I find to be like in the even the short term or midterm like unbeneficial or not beneficial at all so then yeah. I'm dragging my, myself emotionally as well <laughs> right right so like you said that that it, that rest is it's an intentional rest totally. and doing things that still serve you in that rest rather than doing the things that don't yeah Ooh, I, I like that I think the mental part of rest is where I struggled a lot to this last couple of weeks it um because I again like I I'll think and I had one day this week where I was like I I need I need a personal day like mm-hmm. there was no appointment there was no anything um there was no like me saying I got a doctor's appointment you know on a, right. you know to to call it was just like I'm not going to be in the office today period mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. and you know my 
tension. Like I remember in the morning, just saying that over, like there is no, I'm not utilizing this time to quote, get things done that would make me feel better. Like doing laundry, Mm -hmm. swiffering the floor full of dog hair, vacuuming, um, folding the laundry that's been in the chair for her. Like I'm not doing, that's not my goal. If it comes up that it feels like the right thing for me to do, then great. But otherwise I'm not. And instead my head still stayed on those things that I perceive as making me feel better rather Mm. than also allowing myself to not, it's, it's like letting go of productivity as a goal, really. Absolutely. Bottom line. So yeah, my head's not in it. Then I'm also not resting. I'm just fucking right by that too. Right. Right. You're being dragged by your to-do list to then feel like you've been productive. Therefore now you're successful, which never ends up happening. I shouldn't say never rarely ends up happening when you're that level of emotionally and physically exhausted or need to, like you said, decompress. Mm -hmm. Um, You just get done with that. You look at the clock, it's nine o'clock and you feel like you didn't really get the rest that you intended to get in the first place. Right. 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 (laughs) So when you had that day, what were some of the things that you did? Hmm, I scrolled all of the memes on TikTok about um, (laughs) the uh, Montgomery Sweet Tea Brawl of 2023. What? Oh, Jill. (laughs) I don't even know if I want to (laughs) know. You know, it's this, this conversation is probably only worth having if you have, you know, been plugged into any news. uh, None. Whether I've been be plugged in to no news media or, or the literal news because this is oh wow chill it's, it's like been the only thing that's gotten me through the week as far as okay. like joy which sounds awful because it is incredibly violent but sometimes violence brings me joy. I mean we all find joy in different places <laughs> oh, maybe I, you know I mean it was it wasn't just the violence of it it was the um it was street justice Okay. The street justice brought me joy. I can't believe you've gone the entire week not hearing about any of this. The only it's thing I know <laughs> is Ben uh Maui's on fire. Well that's all that's all that I know. That is, I mean, you know, one of the many things that seem to, you know, be destroying. Yeah, that's awful. I figured you you knew that because of yeah. your love for Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, I think it is it's devastating to mm-hmm. to see. And I think just because I've personally have gone through a fire in mm-hmm. losing everything, I mm-hmm. think it just makes it that much more uh personal and mm-hmm. just empathetic for the people that A lost their homes, mm-hmm. B have lost their communities. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that that's the piece of it. I didn't lose my community. I definitely mm-hmm. had the community around me to to support me, but I think it's just that whole it's just a, it's a huge loss. Yeah. 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 That's really triggering. First time I saw it was, I mean, I think it would start Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was not until um Friday where I yeah. right. saw the news and all the devastation. It was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. A complete, you just think of all the indigenous, Um, I mean, all of Hawaii, it's an, you know, indigenous land, it's sacred right. land, but right you know, for that level of devastation to happen. It's just so sad that that, you know, the history, physical history is gone, even though I know the mental, you know, the spiritual history still exists. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So I think that there's, um, yeah, that's been what I've been paying attention to, but yeah, I literally choose to like step outside of anything that's happening politically, 
in the world news. But I think, I mean, there's good and bad to that. Like I'm obviously living my life in a naive world, Mm -hmm. um, keeping my head in the uh, pink skies and butterfly world with the unicorns and rainbows. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So I think that there's a a disadvantage to that. (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) Not being You know that's triggering for me. I know. I know. (laughs) To not be at all in the, you know involved with what's happening in the world that I'm actually living in. Yeah. You know, I think that you may find, so I am going to send you one particular um, synopsis of this. Yeah. I I think knowing you, you're going to be disgusted in several ways. You're going to be disgusted Mm -hmm. over the initial act itself of someone getting assaulted in broad daylight in front Mm -hmm. of hundreds of people. It's going to like literally make you sick to your stomach Mm -hmm. you're also going to feel very satisfied at the retaliation that takes place great karma um as a result of that absolute you know just fucking ballsy move um to begin with of the assault and then you're gonna get a little uncomfortable how like hot it gets because it gets a little bit like ooh, but damn did you have to pick up that folding chair and knock that bitch over the head but gotcha uh, yeah 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 you know i've I've heard a lot of people describe that particular part that initially made me uncomfortable as like, it's also called like the fuck around and find out moment of 2023 because Mm. literally that literally happened. But I've heard a lot of people describe it as um, the privilege of anyone thinking regardless um, of your gender that you could assault anyone, get involved in a brawl and come out of it unscathed is like, who do you think you are? You know? Yeah. There's yeah. a very obvious race aspect of this, considering where it took place. And I won't go into a ton of detail, I promise, but I want to just sort of lay the groundwork for what I am going to send you. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. The event took place in Montgomery, um, Alabama, mm-hmm. on a dock that was the main port of slavery. Uh, sure. I don't want to say importation because it just seems really uncomfortable for me to talk mm-hmm. about people as mm-hmm. commodity being imported, you know. But it was a main... It was that was the dock, the point of entry for so many slaves and the warehouses and like depots that were there were those were the Mm. places where bodies were held. Mm. Um, So for, you know, these individuals who are white um, to assault a co-captain because they didn't want to move their pontoon boat in order to let a ferry enter and, you know, Mm -hmm. into the dock is like are you fucking kidding me? Like it was just, it was that sort of thing. Um, And while having, you know, so many people film it, you know, that were on the boat watching this happen. Sure, sure. He's literally just trying to do his job. Yeah. And of course, once the ferry, you know, pulls up, when I tell you (laughs) it was game on because these motherfuckers got off, all the ship crew got off the boat, ran towards them. And it was like the brawl of, yeah. Yeah. So that's the part of like, you know, oh my fucking God, I can't believe this is happening. You know, watching people try and break it up who were there on the dock. And then like instant karma. Like, sure, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it now. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it now. And the best part to me are like all of the memes on social media. Like there was a folding chair a moment that was involved. And apparently the folding chair was invented by a black man in 1930 something. So um, and the name of the fairy was the Harriet Tubman. So no way. there's so much karma in this there are memes with um um you know like a like a shadow of Harriet Tubman handing the folding chair over to the (laughs) (laughs) so many memes and what I do love about this is that um 
there have there's like <laughs> my friend Julie who's white um, we were talking like there's two sides of TikTok. There's like the black people who feel very much um, like validated in the fact like you like in this world in 2023, especially in Alabama, if mm-hmm. you think in broad daylight, you can assault a man just for doing his job, you are absolutely batshit crazy. Sure. And then, you know, Julie's like, and on my side of TikTok, it's all the white people being like, listen, I'm an ally. What do I do in that situation? Because it's going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to want to fight, but you're going to look at me like I'm all <laughs> Like, what do I do? Do I hand you yeah. the chair? Do, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's really, <laughs> do I need a t-shirt? It yeah. was really, um, y- you know, really, really funny because um, in a small way, it feels like this total fucking chaos is bringing so mm-hmm. many people together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that in combination with the indictment of um, Trump and the second coming of Christ, who I like to call Jack Smith, who is the Department of Defense lawyer, who is literally yeah. uh, <laughs> and it, it feels like the tides are turning. It really fucking does. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think people have had it. That's been the general so. sentiment. Yeah. It's yeah. like we've had it. We've, yep. we've done this. We've been through this. It's been yep. three years of this bullshit, you know, yep. since the day George Floyd got, we're like, let's go. We're tired. We're oh. tired. And I feel like it's been longer than three days oh, totally. or three years of bullshit. Like, totally. I feel like it's been since, you know, Trump got in office the first exactly. time around, you know, exactly. where it's just like the unraveling of all of these things that were putting oh, us yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It feels like it just, it, that was, you know, I've been talking a lot with friends with them. I'm like, is it me or does it feel like, you know, astrologically we've come out of this, what, like seven year period. I think it's like seven years. Mm-hmm. I can't think mm-hmm. of, I'm, you know, I'm not an astro- astrology person, but there's a seven, every seven years feels like some sort of new life or beginning of yep. something new, a new, you know, cycle. Yep. Feels like we're at the beginning cycle or hopefully the slate gets clean again. Mm-hmm. You know, morality, it maybe, you know, starts to peak out a little more and exist and, you know, justices of all kinds are mm-hmm. dealt with in equitable fashion, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hopeful. <laughs> yeah, because what we were coming out of was all about breaking down our structures and our systems. Totally. Totally. Getting to like what were we what were we built on? Yeah. What has been yeah. created, what needs to get tore down. And I think totally. you're right. I think you're and I th- also think people are tired of being on this opposite end of the bridge. Totally. And are just like, it's not worth it anymore. No. And no. I need to do what I need to do to a protect myself. But now mm-hmm. I'm also like standing up for the things that I've now shifted my beliefs into. I may have believed something one time, but now I mm-hmm. believe something different because I'm here mm-hmm. for the justice of humankind. Because I'm yeah. tired yeah. of just this divide. divide. Yeah. yeah, I'm tired. I am. I think everyone is really fucking tired in their own way. You know, mm-hmm. that plus the economy and it's, you know, maybe this is like I said, um, a sign of better things to come for the world. I'm hopeful, but I also know, you know, money means power and power is very limited. Absolutely. And money is definitely concentrated in a very small sector, concentrated in areas that impact us on our in our day-to-day lives, you know. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And we uh, like you were talking about in the beginning, we are drug along in that yeah. fact <laughs> that we have no control over mm-hmm. how much our eggs are going to cost, how much mm-hmm. our gas is going to cost, mm-hmm. how much our healthcare is going to cost. If we, we have, have it. Yep. Yeah. We have absolutely no control over <laughs> yeah. those things. So in that sense, we are being drug along. Yeah. It's wild. But I think we get to choose 
what it is that we now then pay our attention to and what we yeah. put our effort into. And I think, like you said, like this social activism of I'm here and standing up for human kindness, mm-hmm. regardless of what that race piece might be. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just here so that fucked up. If, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be a dick, well, I'm going to let you know that you're being a dick and we're going to have it. We're going to. Yeah. We're going to get the chair out. Yes. We're not doing this. We're yeah. not doing this. Yeah. I also appreciate I had an amazing experience with Whitney on Thursday we went to sushi by scratch in Chicago there's maybe like a handful of them like almost like pop-up sushi restaurants I wish you yeah sushi because we would absolutely I, go here I like sushi I just don't like the sashimi where this it's the raw nigiri. fish yeah oh, nigiri. Nigiri. yeah so it's raw everything damn <laughs> I know but she is very much like an environmental activist yeah. and wants to, wants to be an advocate, essentially. Sure. Her, her job reflect that. <clears throat> we were talking a lot about how basically climate change, you know, kind of talking mm-hmm. back to Maui, climate change and environmental act- activism, it impacts every industry. So yeah. then, you know, how can you be an advocate in creating change in maybe industries or this is my question to her, in industries that are historically as much of capitalism focused more so on profit. And when you're, what you're doing is bringing into those industries, the aspect of risk, but you have to almost flip it to make it seem more profitable for those industries to pay attention to the very thing that could in the long-term impact, you know, their profit. So, yeah. and in this case, you know, the environment by destroying yeah. it, there won't be much in the long term for you to continue to make profit on. There's always loopholes. So we talked a lot about that and it just made me think of how all of us, each of us have a different calling. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that, but it's like talking to individual people about what interests them. Um, in my life, when I think about them collectively, everyone has like a calling um, or a purpose that could absolutely help aid in the community aspect of bringing us together. And I just never met anyone as passionate and knowledgeable in climate change and the environment mm-hmm. and all the work she's published on the side of having a baby yeah, <laughs> and continues to write um, and the people that she talks to. It's, it's just fascinating to me. So it was mm-hmm. amazing. It made me think of like, you know, what's your piece of like building the, uh, decreasing the gap, decreasing the divide. I'm like asking myself that like, what's my piece in that? That's a great question. Because ultimately, I feel um, when we start talking about purpose, life's purpose, I think my life's purpose is to contribute to any way that I can contribute to um, creating more love. And love is, if we have that in individuals, then again, like that extends beyond right. um, ourselves. It extends into communities. It ex- If there's interdependencies, it extends into the environment. It extends into our food. It extends yep. into our resources. Like it, that's- yep. Yep. all interdependent. So what's, what are the gifts that I've been given that can help close that gap? Yeah. And I think mine is similar in the space of just sort of like that love, but it's the more mm-hmm. of the, the, of self, right? Yeah. Within my coaching business, getting people to identify with what are the things that have held them back from who they are authentically and what it is that they want to bring out into the world. Um, I think almost exactly what you were saying, like the Mm -hmm. gifts that I have to be able to get people to be in spaces that they're comfortable with and create that change for themselves and finding that balance between what it is that they do for their job and who they are as a person and understanding that that is all one unit Mm -hmm. and understanding the whole of the individual is what has the greatest impact and how can you find 
more passion and joy in your life to be able to get yourself to that place where you are contributing to those communities. Totally. Yeah. Your gifts are to facilitate self-love and others so they can extend that out beyond themselves and in their immediate sectors to me. Like if in my head, when I think of like what you, what you've been given is that ability to help people find, to be in their bodies and themselves. And yeah. Yeah. The thing that keeps coming up for me over the last couple of weeks has been that consciously connecting that mind, body, and soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's your gift to facilitate the closing of the gap. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. 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 <laughs> Uh, by the way, my friend Alba is going to be here in October and she absolutely wants to be a part of the podcast. So yes. yeah, I told her um, she wants to go to the restaurant Whitney and I went to because I was telling her, I'm like, this is the most incredible experience I've ever had. It was beyond food. Yeah. It wasn't just like, and I mean, Jill, incredible. Like, okay. It was like the first time that I could, you know, I love food. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That. it was the first time that I could connect a chef's um, perspective on food as a means to express an art form. Oh, wow. Um, and so like going to a gallery, you can see someone's perspective on, yeah. I don't know, any given topic or subject. Sure. And you're like, huh, interesting. And you don't know what it means, but you think it means this. But that's part of the, like, the intrigue about art is that you get to sort of make up the story around what it means if it, there isn't, you know, some sort of explanation for it you know next to a yeah painting. yeah or like music when you listen to a, a song or a piece sometimes like the words don't make sense and sometimes you listen to music that doesn't have words which I particularly now enjoy because I get to think of the scene that that you know music is trying to evoke like if it's moody mm -hmm. or it's cold or it feels like a cave or it feels like a hike or whatever yeah this is what that fucking meal not, not the meal but the experience experience wasn't even about the food that's what's so great the food was like the characters in a movie but it didn't it wasn't it's more than the characters it's the cinematography it's yeah. the soundtrack behind it it's the way that the camera angle you know sort of sure, um, sure. focuses like i think of the bear and how they focus the camera only on the mouths mm -hmm. at one point mm -hmm. like it was that level of wow. it gives me goosebumps in fucking incredible sounds awesome god i wish i it liked was, it i do too because it would leave you in tears it would leave you in tears we might just have to try tears. it just to see if it like opens up anything for me I really think even if you don't like, you know, nigiri, like traditional mm -hmm. Japanese nigiri, because it, it's traditional in the sense of like, that's the medium, but they take it then bring um, the chef's like history, background, childhood, things like that, and put it into each and every bite. 16 mm. courses of sushi, oh, wow. 17 with a dessert, two amuse-bouche beforehand. It's in a bar. The bar has nothing to do with the restaurant. You walk in the bar. There's a door. They send you a text with the code to the door. You enter the oh, code. Oh, I love it. Down. It's kind of like a speakeasy <laughs> style. Exactly. You go down um, one flight of stairs. They welcome you. They send you to this little tiny room where there's literally six two-seater tables. There's no windows. It's dark and moody. And you're like, what the fuck am I? It's literally, it feels like a basement, but like yeah. a redone basement, you know, in the 70s type of deal. Sure. They bring the moose bouche out, your welcome cocktail. We obviously, um, you know, we're uh, drinking non-alcoholic little cocktail and made like yuzu and fresh ginger and so mm. good. <clears throat> and then they're like, and I'm thinking this is, you know, this is the it, right? This is the meal. Sure. Right, right. In that, in that moment, I'm like, this is so cute. It's so intimate. In 30 minutes, you're like, okay, the chef's here, you know, are the chef's ready for you. Take you go down another flight of stairs deeper into the basement where a pan 
apparently that's where all of the um, uh, like transport of alcohol during the pr- uh, prohibition, oh, prohibition. Uh, took place. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. And they would dump it in this, there's tunnels connected to where they would come dump the alcohol and try and like, you know, squeegee it, you know, mm-hmm. off, off mm-hmm. the floor before the cops came in and, and got, so, so much history, beautiful bar. There's a, a bar, you know, sushi chefs behind it. There's 10 seats in front of your seat, the chalkboard with your name on it. And they continue just to like talk you through every single course. First one was a hamachi nigiri with um, a corn pudding glaze and, um, Oh my gosh. Uh, puffed rice, I think was on mm. top of it. Mm. When I tell you my eyes roll in the back of my head and that was the first dish. And uh, Whitney and I looked at each other like, oh fuck, we're in for it. Like it was just, huh. I laughed so much. Some people next to us were doing the Japanese whiskeys, like cause there was a bartender sure. there between, you know, the pairings. Yeah. Some people on the other end who were, were speaking a lot of Russian um, were on the other end. They did the sake pairing with each. We had our little, you know, mocktails. Yeah. It, was, it brought me, it could be brought me to tears. It was never, shit I've never thought I would ever like and try and was like, yeah. if I don't get more of that bone metal, marrow meat butter on top of this. Yeah. Material, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm out. I'm out of here. I'm anarchy now. <laughs> Woo. So, wow. okay. That was the okay. experience. Highly recommend. I mean, I, I, I mean, I know you're a texture gal. That's the part. <laughs> Here's the thing. If they put something crunchy with it, mm-hmm, I'm probably mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm, mm. Because mm. then it becomes not so much about the squishiness of the fish. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like a whole like mouth experience of that's, things. That was it. You know, okay. some fishes, some fishes. Yeah, that's word. Some fishes like mackerel or eel, I never really would ever get in a sushi restaurant because it, those aren't my things, whether texture sure. or like. I think of fishiness, mackerel, yeah. for example, not one lick of fishiness because all that fish is imported from a Hokkaido or, sure. you know, the coasts yeah. daily. So yeah. like the highest quality, we even tell you what the bill was for the experience. Sure. I bet not. <laughs> it's fine though. It, it, yes. It was once in a lifetime. Okay. Maybe yeah. Twice. I'll go with you. <laughs> or maybe three times. <laughs> <laughs> or three. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's uh that sounds like a good place to wrap. Thanks for chatting with me today. I love you. Love you too. Bye. (laughs) Thanks, friend, for tuning in to this episode of the Listener Don't Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if so, please write us review and share us with your friends. This episode is sponsored by Jill Daler Coaching, here to guide you to discover and recover your authentic self. If you're ready to create and live a fuck yeah life, I'm here for it. Let's connect at jilldaler.com.